I'm Jane Velez Mitchell, New York Times bestselling author and TV journalist. And this is Unchained TV's Voice America podcast. For the next hour, you will hear the solution to most of the problems that plague our world. And it's a solution mainstream media ignores, even though it only requires us to make one simple change. Want to know what it is and transform your life? Let's get started. Wow. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so delighted and thrilled to have one of my heroes on today, a woman who does so much that it's impossible to keep up with her. Every time I look up what Gwenna Hunter, founder of Vegans of L.A., is doing, it's some other just monumental, groundbreaking, landmark project. And now, Gwenna, you have just launched the first of its kind vegan food bank. So this is the Vegans of L.A. Food Bank. Tell us what its mission is and how you pull this off. (laughs) So it's the first, not the first vegan food bank, but the first in Los Angeles, the first brick and mortar food bank in Los Angeles. Um, I have been working for Vegan Outreach for several years. And with them, I got to do so much food reach for different social justice organizations and different black and brown communities. And I love the work. I just wanted to start doing it on my own terms. And uh, I thought, I kept researching. I'm like, there is no food bank in Los Angeles. Or I didn't even see, when I say food bank, I mean vegan food bank. And I didn't even see any in Southern California. So um, I ended up by chance, uh, coming across a gentleman by the name of Pastor Sonny, and he has a food bank, and we talked about collaborating and be taking over part of the weeks on his food bank, and we launched in the month of May, and uh, we get at least, I do actually two food banks, but the main one, we get at least 300 people um, in a, in two, in a two-hour period. Uh, the need is real. Most of the people that attend the food bank um, have access to kitchens and are able to cook. And so they're grateful to get some fresh produce. And we introduced them to some amazing plant-based products. Now, how do you get all the food? This, I would think, requires extraordinary coordination. As somebody who practically has a breakdown making toast and coffee, <laughs> I can't even imagine what it takes to get all this produce where do you get it from how is it delivered how do you store it um give us a sense of the enormity of this project so um i work with the first part is i work with food forward foodforward.org they're a food rescue program so they already go out to all the you know uh farmers markets and the uh, grocery stores and they take their excess and then they distributed distribute it to organizations like myself that are doing this type of work. So we get a great amount from them. And then also um, I have a, a, a decent budget where I can purchase some items because sometimes the things from the food rescue programs, they're not always in the best of shape and you don't know what you're getting until the day of. So I make sure that I have a budget to get things that people want and need, things like cabbage, uh, tomatillos, because a lot of our uh, recipients are uh, Mexican-American, uh, tomatillos, cilantro, potatoes, um, different types of greens and things like that. Uh, bananas, different fruits. 
And then we also, um, because it's a food bank, there's a system that we're allowed to work with where you can get free um, grains. So I get like lentils, uh, spaghetti, pastas, peanut butter, um, nuts. Uh, Sometimes we get, you know, almond milks, um, things like that. So with those two systems, um, we get a, a fair amount of free items. And then, like I said, I have a budget to get you know, actual fresh uh, produce and things that people want. And then there's, there's these fingers here that get on the email. And I have people that help me like Paige and there are other people um, on my behalf that I got an email this morning from Hodo Foods who wants to send some items. Someone from Just Egg reached out to me over the weekend and wants to uh, work with us. And uh, Khalifa Farms contacted me. So it's like, finally, because I was working so hard on this and like nobody was responding to my emails really. And now things are really starting to happen. Wow, this is, I'm just so uh, blown away by everything you've accomplished. I met you maybe seven years ago. I remember. It is the funniest store. I don't know if you remember. So I, it was something with the Veg Fest or something. And and I'm like, I'm going to, because I had known who you were from like when I lived in Cleveland. So I was like, oh my God, Jane Velez Mitchell. <laughs> and somehow I was CC'd on the email with your email. And I was like, okay, I'm going to shoot my shot and reach out to her. And you responded. And I wanted to like interview you and you let me do it. And I remember like, I did not want you to see my cell phone. My cell phone was so cracked and broke and holes in it. And you could see the motherboard inside. And I couldn't go live because I think I was blocked from Facebook. (laughs) And you walked over, you saw my phone. I was like, she's never going to call me again. I'm done. I ruined this opportunity, but you called me again. And you're like, hey, you want to work with me? And it was just like uh, an amazing experience. So thank you. Because. Well, I immediately recognized you as a mover and shaker because everybody has problems. Everybody has challenges. If it's not a broken cell phone, it's a glitch. It's a flat tire. And (laughs) people who power right through that, those are the people who make change. And I immediately recognized you as somebody who was just determined. It didn't let anything get in your way. And we are so thrilled that you are here in Los Angeles, where I'm also based. Now, where exactly in L.A. is this for people who want to go? And is there um, is is it kind of what's the atmosphere? Is it kind of like a party atmosphere? I know climate healers, uh, which want who they're an organization that feels food, plant based food is a right. And of course, if we stop feeding 80 billion land animals, cows, pigs, chickens, turkeys, goats, and lambs every year, we would have plenty of food Mm -hmm. to feed everybody. There are children dying in Somalia, Afghanistan, Pakistan, and other parts of the world right now of malnutrition and hunger, while we're taking a huge percentage of the food grown and feeding it to cows, pigs, chickens, turkeys, goats, and lambs. That is, um, I think, just cruel and Wrong, morally wrong. So Food Healers gives uh, food away at Santa Monica Beach, but not to anybody necessarily in need. They're just trying to open the concept of free food. Food is a right, just like air and water. And I've gone there several times. It's a big party. I mean, it's like a, you know, not with cocktails, but it's kind of got that cocktail party feeling. Everybody's moving around. They've got music. People are dancing. People are drinking uh Agua Fresca. Do you have, what is the vibe of your food bank? Where is it located? What time? Let's get all the details for those who want to come 
and and be a part either as a volunteer or as somebody who tastes the food? So um, it's every third Thursday of the month. Um, it operates from 8 a.m. <clears throat> to 10 a.m. And it's at 2208 South Union Avenue. Um, you can't miss it because when you pull up, there's a line. I mean, if you get there at 7 a.m., there's a line already down the block and around the corner. Um, people start lining up. We have someone that shows up at 4 a.m. to start um, organizing the food and, and bringing it out. Um, he gets there at 4 a.m. and he said there's already a line that starts to form at 4 a.m. Um, the atmosphere, because we are very regulated by the health department, so we have to be very careful of like having people too close together, um, you know, people having to wear masks, us having to wear gloves, things like that. So it's not a, a party atmosphere. It's a, the area that it's in is a area that um, you have to really watch um, the energy in that area. The people that come are just there ready to get their food and go. But one of the things that we do at the food bank is when people come and volunteer, they always want to come back because there is almost, it's almost like a holy experience. There's so much um, gratitude being exchanged between each person and the, the person giving and the person receiving. And that the perception of that could be either or. Because if you're there, you're also receiving, you're receiving love, you're receiving gratitude from the people in the line. I usually like to have someone go down the line and thank everybody for being there and for being patient and for waiting. That kind of helps calm the energy. And so the way it is, is there's a lot of food. And so we have a gentleman by the name of Will that um, sets everything up outside on the sidewalk for people to... Um, get it. And there's a person assigned to each food item, one or two or three. And so when people come up, they have their bags. We may have some for them if someone doesn't have a bag. And then we ask them if they want the item. It gives more dignity and gives more respect and it gives a choice. So people start off and you're, would you like a cantaloupe? Yes. They, like in the gratitude everyone is so incredibly grateful. We say good morning. Like it's, it's a different type of experience. You have to come and experience it for yourself. Uh, it sounds wonderful. It sounds spiritual. We've it got is. a caller on hold. Uh, Lindsay Baker in Los Angeles, your question or thought for our dear friend, Gwenna Hunter. Well, Gwenna, I just want to thank you so much for the work you're doing. I was watching the trial, the wonderful victory yesterday, and a couple days before I was listening to you speak on it, and you were so eloquent in the way you talked about uh, trying to block empathy um, and all of the things you said. And then I had no idea about this. Uh, I guess it's a new L.A. vegan food bank. And you kind of answered some of my questions. I think it'd be a wonderful around Thanksgiving way for people to be able to come down and volunteer and get acquainted with it. So uh, I'd love to have more information about how people can get involved. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lindsay. Yes. How do people volunteer? And we'll talk about the trial afterwards. Yes. Yeah, so people can volunteer. You can reach out to me. Just be patient because it takes me a minute sometimes. The easiest way, if you want to go on Instagram, vegans of Los Angeles underscore, um, and you can send me a DM or you can email me at Gwenna 
at vegans with an S of LA.com. So Gwenna at vegans with an S of LA.com and send me an email and I'll let you know. Um, the only thing that we really require, we ask people not to wear shirt, t-shirts that have sarcastic or shaming messages um, about being carnist or eating meat because we're not, that's not what this is for. Um, we're treating everyone like with love and with kindness. And that's the route we're going with this. And we just ask that people come and show up with a heart ready to serve and, and to receive love because you get so much of it when you're there. Now, I think that's a very interesting concept. As opposed to saying this is vegan, 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 you're just giving people food that happens to be vegan. And let's face it, the vast majority of actual food is vegan food. I mean, even with yes. um, a Western diet that is heavily laden with meat and dairy, uh, the vast majority of food that people eat is still uh, plant-based. Oh, we've got another caller, uh, Prabhat in Los Angeles. <laughs> Your question or thought for Gwena Hunter. Jane, long-time listener, first-time caller. It's like the old radio days. I love the show first, but Gwenna, I just want to thank you for what you're doing. And I, my question is, you know, veganism is seen by the outside world as this elitist thing, but it's so beautiful what you're doing for the inner city and for, you know, everyday people. What inspired you to want to do a food bank for, you know, everyone in the world, not just, you know, the rich and famous? Well, first, I have to thank, Provide is my first volunteer. Like, I was trying not to have volunteers at first because I wanted to get the system together and I didn't want it, anyone to judge. So I want to first thank Provide for all of your behind-the-scenes help. Like, he's been amazing in this. Um, but you. it's just, I grew up uh, in a food desert. I grew up eating out of convenience stores because we didn't have any supermarkets that were within miles. Um, and as an adult, when I first came to LA, I went through some trying times and I went through experience where, you know, I'd have $5 to last for the week and would have to figure out how to make that stretch into meals. So, and that was a scary feeling. And so, because I know what that feels like, I don't want any other human being or adult to feel that. So, and, you know, like food healers, food is a human right. It's not something you should have to earn. One, it grows for free. And I do understand that we have to have a, a currency system, but the way it's set up, I mean, since I've been doing the food bank and ordering produce, some prices have actually tripled, which is absolutely ridiculous. So I have to scale back sometimes on the items uh, that I provide for the communities because it's so out of budget. So for me, it's like, I know what it feels like to be able to get some groceries and you're set for the next two weeks. Having that calm feeling can lead to hope. Having hope can lead to achieving something. Achieving something can lead you to the next step. So being able to have food in your stomach to me is one of the most important things a human being can have access to. And our system is so messed up that I've read that a huge percentage of our food is thrown away, something like crazy, like 40 percent because it's dented or because it's um, discolored, but it's still perfectly edible. I want to get to that in a second. But boy, we got a lot of callers. Guess who we have online? Ellen Dent from Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. Pennsylvania. Hey, Your question or thought for Gwenna Hunter, Ellen. Hi, can you hear me? 
Yes, we can. <laughs> okay, just making sure. Um, I just want to say how incredible it is that what you're doing, Gwenna. I'm so incredibly proud of you. I've known you for several years. I mean, you're literally living your dream by making this vegan food bank. And I, I mean, I couldn't be more blown away by how incredible this whole project is. Um, but I guess what I want to know is what your advice is for people who, um, you know, encounter adversity, you know, like, like something that might be an obstacle in the way. And I'm sure that you've encountered so much adversity, but still you've been able to be successful at doing this. So I just, I want to know what your thoughts are, what your advice is. Thank you, Ellen. And Ellen, the reason I was even able to get the food forward account was because I was able to put, put it, I didn't have a nonprofit, so I had to put it under um, Ellen's organization. So you, and they don't even accept people anymore. So thank you, Ellen. That that was a part of a bigger picture than you and I both ever knew. So thank you for that. Um, but yeah, I encounter different things. But one thing that I've been really focused on, because, you know, I would go through severe burnouts around August almost every year. And last year, it almost took me out. Like, it was so severe, I could barely turn on the computer. I get wow. burnt out because I was just doing a lot and it was all self-inflicted. Um, so <laughs> one is taking responsibility for how you create your life is to me the, the very first key is to be very careful of blaming other people mm. for your circumstances because the cure isn't in them. The cure is within you. Um, I watch what I say. Um, I try to Think, uh, think as positive as I can. When I say think positive, I'm not saying bypass negativity, bypass being angry. Feel those feelings, but don't live in them. Don't live in that state because whatever your state of mind is, to me, that is how you create the world that you're in. So it's like we want a good world. We want to live in a world of nonviolence. We want to live in a world of equality. We want to live in a world of, of love and reflection of what we believe is in our heart. Then you start acting as if and doing it every single day. And if you get thrown off, it's okay because that's a part of life, but just get back on. So when things happen, um, I try not to allow my, my heart and my mind to go down into the well and just keep going. Like I might go in the well and I'm like, Oh, we're going too far. Let's come back up. Let's, let's come back up. So to me, it's a constant using mind hacks and different mental uh, maneuvers to keep yourself in a, what I consider to be, which this isn't like woo woo talk. Frequency is a scientific term. It's, 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 it's physics. So keeping your frequency as high as you possibly can, again, not bypassing negative feelings and anger, feeling them, but just don't stay in it. And I am telling you that has transformed my life. And I started doing that last year, took a minute to dig myself up. And sometimes I still get, get caught up. But then, like I said, I, I catch it. And I'm like, all right, let's go on back up. Let's go back up. Let's go back up. <laughs> so it really does help transform your entire life. Wow. Such great advice. You know, my mother always used to say, because she was in vaudeville, no matter what, the show must go on. <laughs> that's that's, that's right. my motto. That's right. It's going to go on whether you're mad. It's going to go on whether you're pissed off and mad or whether you're happy. So you might as well jump on a joyride. 
And she always said, work with whatever you have. She told me once she was performing on stage and she did a kick and her shoe went flying into the audience. And she had to immediately pretend that was planned and kick <laughs> off her other shoe and change her entire dance routine. So I also take that to heart. Whatever happens, you just work it into That's the right. routine. That's right. Work it in. Work it in. That is right. All right. We've got another caller. Oh, two more. My gosh. We've got Paige Parsons Roach from uh, Los Angeles, California. Paige, um, who's involved with both of our projects. Uh, what's your question or thought for Gwena Hunter, founder of Vegans of LA, and now founder of Vegans of LA Food Bank? Okay. Hi. Hopefully you can hear me. Um, yes. Yeah, so there's a few things. I want to give a shout-out to all the initiatives that are happening around the United States and the world giving food. And I wanted to ask you, Gwena, two things. One is um, where do you see this going as far as outreach beyond um, those particular food banks? Um, and also, I heard you mention uh, universities um, in the past. And then also, Gwena, I really want you to share your vegan journey story how and we're going to get to that one for to go sure. Vegan. Yeah, we're going to get to that one. Uh, Jane, like, hold on, program. hold on, I got this. Because <laughs> uh, we've got another caller. But yes, your first question, great question, Paige. Where could this go? I was just sharing out. If you ever see me looking down, it's because I'm sharing out this Facebook video. I urge you to share it out. Um, and what what I saw was vegans of Detroit. And I thought this would be perfect for Detroit. Is this going to become national and then global, Gwenna? I mean, I'm open. I'm not preventing it and I'm not pushing it either at the moment. However, um, I am collecting data and information on how I can help people do this in their city, in their town. Do I want to manage a bunch of food banks around the world? Absolutely not. I do not. However, I do want to help people. I can show people how they can do this with no money. Um, so that I'm becoming, I'm starting to become a little bit of an expert on how to create a food bank in your area, um, with little to no money. Um, but yeah. And what was the second question page? Well, um, I, I want to go to, uh, we've got yet another caller. And so Renee in Los Angeles, your question or thought for Gwena Hunter, founder of Vegans of LA and Vegans of LA Food Bank. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Jane and Gwenna. Well, in company with Paige, I've got two, and one is piggybacking off of what Paige said. Um, right now in Los Angeles, every third Thursday of the month, is that right? You have the food bank. That is correct. Is that right, However, okay. yes. However, let me tell you for November, because of the holidays, it's going to be on November uh, 10th, and then December is going to be on December 8th because of the holidays, and they have to close down. Got it. Put that up here. So keep checking your website for the just confirmation of those dates. What is your vision? I think more short term for now that you've got that up and running is is that what is the next step in your vision locally right here for Los Angeles? And then I'll I'll go ahead and, and the other question is what is the what is the support you need most right now? Is mm. it Ooh, is it okay. more people to show up? So if you could just comment on that as well. Um, thank you for both of those questions because short term, yes, I, I do have a, a very specific vision. Um, short term, I want to create more programs under the Vegans of LA branch. So one thing that I, I will be doing either in December or January um, is speaking at um, 
black churches um, about the importance of uh, a plant-based diet, bringing in chefs to do sampling um, and things like that. Um, and also doing, uh, it's been, it's on hold, but it's, it's gonna come sometime next year. Uh, we're creating booklets. So booklets to give out to people. Right now I'm giving out other booklets from other organizations, but I want it more in the uh, language um, that I speak more to. So something that involves a little bit more spirituality and a little bit more um, information about, you know, animals and something that kids can also read and understand and, and receive. So um, I'm also working now with a couple of um, not sure how to word it, but people that are in programs for like rehab um, that are vegan. Uh, we help people sometimes that are living out of their cars. Um, I plan on working with um, outreach programs with prisons where people that get out of prison, the last thing I want people to worry about when they're trying to change and transform their life is how they're going to eat. Mm -hmm. Eating, making sure that you have food on the table is so important to, to being able to push forward and have hope. If you don't know how you're going to eat, how are you going to, you know, look for a job, have an interview, dress well, like it really affects your mindset. So my goal is just to help. If, if it was up to me, not a single person would be hungry in Los Angeles. Everyone would have access to food, but I'm only one person. But segue into your next question, how can people help? So we always need volunteers. Well, first of all, I always need money. That helps because <laughs> that keeps it going because, you know, um, I can't get everything that I want that is donated. And like I said, we try to fulfill the, the needs and wants of the people in that community. So money is always helpful. Um, and then the second thing is um, on Wednesdays, every third Wednesday, uh, when we get all these items, we sort, we don't have to sort through everything, but some of the items from Food Forward, we sort through because sometimes the items aren't um, in good condition sometimes. So we sort through them. Some items we, we put them in bags so that when they show up, we can just hand them off. And then on Thursdays, we need people to um, be assigned to different foods. And all you're doing is you show up. It's, it's high speed though. You have to be ready because it is fast pace. When eight o'clock hits, that line is coming and, and Paige can tell you, you don't have a, a moment to breathe for at least an hour. So uh, we need people to be assigned to different food stations. And basically you're just handing off food. You're saying good morning, hello, very, you know, small conversation, um, but handing food off. So we need, always need volunteers. And if you have, uh, any access to people that have a food organization or food distribution company or own a food company or a restaurant, if they can donate um, products or donate hot vegan meals, that would be amazing as well. Wow. That is, uh, I, I do want to ask you, we're, we're going into a break and on the other side, I want to hear your personal story for sure. But how do you ensure that because I know, having been involved with VegFest, that the regulations that they put you through, the hoops that they put you through are onerous. How do you deal with that? All the regulations, considering that there's food that's donated. Well, because we are registered with the health department, and luckily I got involved in a very turnkey system. So we have people already in place that are on site to make sure that everything is done um, according to the um, LA County Health Department. So there are a lot of things that you can't do. You can't have 
hot food um, inside the warehouse. You, you have to eat your meals in the other part. There's certain things that you can and cannot do. So luckily, I have some, there's someone already in place that handles that, so I don't have to stress out. And they're on. I get in trouble sometimes. So, oh my um, gosh. Well, you, <laughs> you are a powerhouse. I honestly do not know how you do it. We're going to take a short break here on Voice America Radio. We're going to be back in a couple of seconds with Gwenna Hunter, founder of Vegans of LA and Vegans of LA Food Bank. Stay right there. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week we don't follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel welcome back to unchained tv on voice america radio i'm jane velez mitchell and you are now re-entering a portal to a transformative way of living we are here with one of my heroes, Gwenna Hunter, founder of Vegans of LA, and now founder of Vegans of LA Food Bank, which is really not just really helping uh, people in Los Angeles in a time of rising inflation and uh, unemployment, uh, in, in a sense that even though unemployment is generally low, there are a lot of people who cannot get uh, work that pays their bills, as well as the skyrocketing cost of living in terms of rentals. So people are really squeezed for cash and sometimes they don't have actually enough to buy food for themselves. This is not just a food bank serving bad food. It's a food bank serving whole food, plant-based, healthy food for people who need it. And uh, we are super excited. Before we get, boy, you are a popular lady. We have another caller <laughs> uh, and then we're gonna tell you how you can donate. Uh, Kim, in Culver City, your question or thought for Gwenna Hunter. Hi, Jane. Hi, Gwenna. Um, 
Yeah, I, I wanted to say, first of all, I'm so sorry I didn't get to volunteer last year, last month. I was um, working, but I hope to next month. And um, I love what you said, Gwenna, about potentially getting people coming right out of prison. That's just an awesome idea. I mean, you know, maybe getting them involved with volunteering and maybe someday working for your nonprofit because they come out of prison and they really need help. And um, speaking of which, you know, people need help, you also earlier mentioned, you know, um, you've been there kind of to an extent. And I just think it's amazing how people who have been there and, you know, who have struggled and who have needed, they're the ones that are the most generous sometimes. They're the ones that always are ready to reach out and help a fellow person who's struggling. And, I, you know, I wonder how we can reach out to, you know, rich people and people who have never been there and get them involved and um, get them to help volunteer. And, and it's like, it's all about us helping each other sometimes, you know, and, um, you know, how can we reach out to them? Thank you. Yes. And before you answer, I want to say that you can go to vegansofla.networkforgood.com. Vegansofla.networkforgood.com. And you can donate right through there. Take it away, Gwenna. Yeah. So that's a good question. I don't really have the answer um, other than the people that I know that have influence um, that are learning about the work that I'm doing. There's people like Prabhat that has, you know, and, and Anne Page that have a great Rolodex and, you know, share this information with, with people like that because, you know, the way we, we need unity, planetary unity, not just unity in this area, not just unity in that area. We need planetary unity all, all around. And, and at the end of the day, like, yeah, it, it is great to have money and, God knows I want some of it. <laughs> and lots of it. <laughs> um, but the real wealth is in your heart. The real wealth is in compassion. The real wealth is in taking care of the planet. The real wealth is in taking care of yourself. The real wealth is in um, seeing love in your neighbor and in your friends and in people that you, you don't know and having compassion for people. That's the real wealth. So yeah, if anybody has ideas and you want to, you know, you have somebody in your Rolodex, share, share this with someone that is wealthy um, because a lot of ways that people keep their wealth is by donating and by, and by giving. It's, it's a great tax write-off. So you get the money right on back. So send it on in. <laughs> That's really important to know. This is tax deductible because yes. it's being done through a 501c3 nonprofit. Correct. Yeah. So I am fiscally sponsored by Better Food Foundation. And so if you donate, even even through my network for good portal, you'll get a receipt that says that. So you're all set. So uh, whether you donate fifty thousand or donate fifty dollars, um, you will get a tax deduction for this. Wow. Fantastic. OK, we've got one more caller and then we're going to cut it off because I want to hear your story. Uh, in terms of your upbringing and what made you go vegan and how you lived in a food desert yourself in Cleveland. Uh, Sarah in Atlanta, your question or thoughts, Sarah. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Hi, Gwenna, this is Sarah. I'm so excited that you're doing this food bank. I'm just like blown away by your compassion and all the time it takes for you to even put this event on. I wanted to find out um, since you started, like, what's happening? Like, how is it going? Like, how many people 
are coming? Like, you see the need? Do you feel like the food bank's going to spread out to other communities? Uh, because it is such a, such a need. I think you see that. But what's your next step in this? It just seems just like it's just really growing, and it's just amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, one of the next steps is to put um, a food bank on. There's two campuses we're looking at right now. So one is USC. And I know people think, oh, USC is a rich school. Why would you put a food bank there? But there are people that go to USC that are very food insecure and are struggling. Um, and they have a pretty decent uh, vegan community on campus. So we're looking at putting um, a food bank there and also at another uh, local college uh, community college in LA, and uh, but it would be managed by students. And you know, I would love to do this at another food bank to where you know we show up once a month. But again, that's just going to require uh, more funds. So right now, I'm just taking care of what I can afford to do. But as we grow and get more uh, funding, then I'm going to be reaching out. You know, I would love to do something. I think it's uh, the LA. Uh, LA Food Bank. I think it's called LA Food Bank. They're like the premier food bank that all the other food banks get a lot of their distribution from. So I would love to do something with them at some point, but not until I have more money in the bank. <laughs> wow. I like the idea of the universities because a lot of times, yes, universities, USC has a reputation as being a rich school, but uh, A, you're right. Uh, there are a lot of students there who might be scholarship students yes. who might be food insecure, but also in the surrounding community, there are people yes. who are food insecure. And so it's also teaching compassion to the young kids, the students, rather the college students, even if they are from wealthy families, they can learn compassion because somebody had asked, why do you think it's the, the people who sometimes struggle the most who are the most generous when rich people sometimes who have the money to donate they don't have the compassion to donate it's because they don't have the empathy because they don't relate because they've lived in a bubble where they don't see people suffering as much yeah. from food insecurity i mean that's the story of siddhartha you know by herman hesse is he was a prince and then he went out and he saw the world as it was and he was horrified right yeah. uh so yeah. That's part of the whole journey of education, teaching privileged people to be compassionate by exposing them to what's really going on. Just like we expose people to what's really going on inside slaughterhouses. Yes. And you yes. were uh, a, a commentator, an excellent one on Unchained TV's uh, live stream, unrelenting coverage of the trial of two DXE members mm -hmm. who were charged uh, could have gone to prison for 11 years mm -hmm. for taking two sick piglets from a massive Utah factory farm. Uh, I have to get your reaction to the not guilty on all counts verdicts. A lot of people are saying this is a turning point for the animal rights movement, essentially saying these young, these men had a right to go in there and rescue. Yes, I think they created two definitions of open rescue and trespassing. Or what? what oh, no, it wasn't trespassing. I think it was theft. Um, they created, there's a difference between the two. And I, I didn't see the actual verdict until yesterday. Like I heard about it Saturday, but I didn't watch it. And when I saw it, like it brought tears to my eyes because it's like, you know, you could, you could feel the relief in, in both of their, you know, personas that, huh, like, but it should have never even have happened. This should have never even been a situation. 
it's a historic moment. And I hope it sends a message to animal agriculture that the horrific treatment, the brutal treatment of, of animals in these massive industrialized warehouses is is morally reprehensible and will not stand. Um, now, I want to hear your personal life story. You grew up in Cleveland and you had experienced food deserts. Tell me all about your evolution and how you became vegan. Yeah, so in Cleveland, I didn't even know I grew up in the food desert until about three years ago when food desert talk started being popular. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's what I how I lived my whole life. There, there was a grocery store in our neighborhood um, called Fazio's, and then they closed. And no, it was never replaced. And there wasn't another one for miles, like miles. And so what was convenient was the convenience store across the street. I'd get my little snacks or whatever. Um, there were like little pantry, like convenient places, fast food places, but there was never, there were never supermarkets. And that was just a way of life. It wasn't, I didn't complain about it. It wasn't an issue. You thought that's just how life was. And it wasn't until I left uh, Cleveland, moved to, I moved to South Florida and I went in their supermarkets and I saw these fruits that I had never seen before. And I'm like, what the heck is a dragon? Like, it scared me. I'm like, what the heck is this thing? It's got flaps on it and it's, it's hot pink. And I'm like, what is, I had never seen these things before. I was used to, you know, apples, bananas and oranges. And so when I see these different fruits and vegetables, I'm like, wow, I was really living in such a sheltered type of world that I didn't even know that all these foods were even vegetables. There are certain vegetables. I had never seen a kale before. I had never seen these type of things, which you think like, how could someone not know what kale is? But I had never seen it before until I, I left Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, my journey started as a vegetarian um, just wanting to feel better. And I noticed like when I was 23, I couldn't digest cows anymore. And they thought I had an ulcer. So they were giving me medication, doing all this stuff to me. And I kept getting sick. I mean, sick, emergency room sick. And then I diagnosed myself and I realized this only happens when I eat, you know, the way I labeled it was when I eat a steak or eat corned beef, but it was literally every time I ate a cow, my body was shut down. And uh, so I became vegetarian slash pescatarian and it had nothing to do with compassion. And it was uh, February of 2016. I was living here in Los Angeles and it was a dream that got me on the right path. And in the dream, I was flying in the sky and I saw this green pasture and then there was a cow there and the cow was like really beautiful. And she looked up at me and when we looked at each other, um, there was like this energy between our eyes and we merged and became one. And I was the cow and I possessed all of the cow's consciousness. Her, her life was my life. It flashed before me. I saw the memories, feelings, having children, thoughts, everything. Like I was the cow. And when I came out of the dream, I was very emotional and I was crying because I was like, oh my God, cows love. And we're eating them on this planet. And it, it completely blew my mind. And um, while I was still laying there, I was like, okay, did I eat something weird? Like I was like, even though I was a believer, I was still being skeptical of what I had just experienced. And when I'm sitting there on the bed awake, I feel this warmth over my, my heart. 
it felt like someone had like walked up to me and put a heater there, but I didn't see anything. And when I touched it, I felt the most like supreme peace I've ever felt in my life. Like it was totally supernatural. I felt complete peace and stillness. And so that let me know, like the cow was letting me know, like you really did experience this. So my mind is blown because I'm like, okay, if cows love, then pigs love, if pigs love, then chickens love, then turkeys love. And, and I'm like, it was like, I was slowly waking up to a nightmare and I'm like, oh my God. And then synchronistically within a few days, I come across Aaron Janice's video, Darius effing scary. And then I see what we do to her body. I see how we hook machines up to her, to her teats and how we force milk out of her and how we inseminate her and how we take her son, he's veal and how she runs after her children. And when I saw that, like I, it wasn't like, oh, this poor cow to me, it was like this woman, like I related to her as a woman because I didn't even know cows are pregnant for nine months. I never learned that. And so when I saw this video, I'm like, I saw slavery, I saw rape, I saw murder, I saw kidnapping, like it was, there was nothing blurry about what I saw. And I'm like, I will never participate in this again. And I knew I'm supposed to do something with my life around this. And that's what I've been doing ever since. Wow, that is such a powerful, powerful story. Thank you for sharing it. I want to bring in the issue of you are also the founder of Vegans for Black Lives Matter. I know that uh, you're focusing on the food bank right now, but African-Americans are the fastest growing demographic going vegan in the Mm -hmm. United States by numerous studies. Why do you think that is? Because I think it's innate within us. Uh, One, I think that's where we actually come from is eating vegetables and and being more uh, gentle with the earth. And so for us, I think there's a remembering and an awakening, which is why it's happening so rapidly. Also, we don't want the same uh, diabetes, gout, and heart disease that grandma had, that grandma, that that grandpa had. We don't, we want to live a good life. I'm going to live to be 90. I want to be walking around feeling good. I don't want to be, you know, stuck in a bed, can barely breathe, can't move. People have to do things for me. So I think that also tells it because I know when I was growing up, you were told like, oh, this runs in the family. So it's like you prepared yourself to accept it, which is why I think so many people have these things happen to them. Well, it's running in the family because you're eating the same thing that they ate in the family. You're doing the same habits that they did in the family. So our generation, these new generations, my generation X, so generation X, millennials, all the new ones, (laughs) um, everybody wants to live a good, healthy life. And you don't want to live the way your, your parents lived and accept the truths or the lies that are given to you by the system. Let me ask you about food justice and racial justice. We talked about food deserts being in primarily communities of color almost exclusively uh, and how while there are protests on the street for racial justice, using your consumer dollar is also a very powerful way to take the power back. Yes, 100%. And like you said, with with, uh, African-Americans becoming plant-based so quickly, what I'm noticing, like when I'm looking at um, Black influencers that are vegan, um, you know, they start off with just doing recipes, but then you watch them evolve and they're like, you know, 
we're, we're careful of eating these fast foods. I don't get me wrong. You know, yeah. Did I go to Panda Express and get the beyond meat? I absolutely did, you know, and it was delicious, <laughs> you know, but um, there's a difference in, in doing that occasionally and just su supporting these um, fast food restaurants that are in these neighborhoods that are not one, they're not giving back. They're not doing anything for the community. They're basically getting rich off of so much ignorance. And on top of that, the quality of, if people knew the quality of the, the, the dead flesh, the rotting flesh that is being preserved, that they're getting and that they're putting in their body that's just being covered up with seasoning and, and food coloring and things like that. If people knew the quality, do you think a fast food restaurant is giving you what they consider a standard um, flesh? No, you're getting the lowest level, the worst of the worst. And then this is also what's causing these, the diabetes, what's causing the, the gout, what's causing the heart disease and mental health conditions, in my opinion. So do you feel, given that two men who went into a factory farm and took out two sick piglets and exposed what was going on there, conditions described as uh, gruesome and um, pretty horrific, uh, in fact, very horrific. Um, do you think that was a turning point? And do you think that with the with the skyrocketing number of, for example, African-Americans going vegan, with Tabitha Brown having her own vegan cooking show mm -hmm. uh, on the Food Network, are we at this point where the shift is happening? The shift is happening. It's not going to happen. It's not about to happen. It's happening right now. And everybody can can participate in that, whether you work full time, whether you stay at home, like there's so many different things that you can do. But yeah, the shift is happening. And I'm very optimistic in my lifetime. Like if I live to be like, you know, 90 or something like that. Oh, my God. By that time, if if it won't, if, if I'll be surprised if if uh, meat isn't almost obsolete, because the way the shift is happening from. 2016 to now, the difference is huge. The, the rise in the technology of food, the shift in the mental mindset. When I first had Vegans of LA, if I talked about animals, people would go off. If I mentioned anything about compassion, people say, oh, that's you sound like some white person that cares only about animals and not people. Now that's different. Now I see so many Black people defending um, animals and, and making uh, videos and things about uh, animals and how we shouldn't be treating them. So the shift is happening right now. Wow. Well, animal liberation is human liberation. That's right. one that's of it. our mottos. That's it. Uh, I have to say, I am so blown away by everything you've accomplished. You are my hero. You bring tears to my eyes with, with your incredibly succinct and on-target analysis of what's happening in a very chaotic society where there's so much going on. You seem to, to actually see through all the smoke and mirrors and, and, and have a good idea of where we are headed. And I really hope you're right, because we got to hit this tipping point for climate change, for habitat destruction, wildlife extinction, human world hunger, human disease, antibiotic resistance. I mean, the list goes on and on and on, not to mention pandemics. So I just want to say thank you so much, Gwenna. 
I'm going to give you the last 30 seconds. Anybody out there watching, if you want to inspire them, we've got 30 seconds left. All right. So I like to say, like, if you're someone that wants to participate in this movement, but you don't want to protest, you don't want to cook, you don't want to be on social media, you just want to be in your house. A very powerful thing that we omit is the power of the mind. And so one of the things that I like to do to keep my reality architected a certain type of way is visualization. So you can either keep your eyes open, close them, but think about the ideal world that you want to have. Most of us watching want a world, like I said earlier, with no violence, equality for animals, equality for women, equality for everybody, love, abundance of food. Think about your ideal world and see it, like create a movie in your mind and watch it. Even if it's for, it, it only lasts for two seconds. The more you do it, the longer the movie will last. Keep seeing that and then feel how good it feels to live in that reality. So it's the visualizing and it's the feeling. And then walk around your home and in your neighborhood and act as if that is that actual world. So visualizing, <laughs> seeing it and doing it, what really affects the collective consciousness of the planet. And if enough of us do that, I'm telling you, it's, it's a done deal. I'm starting today. I'm <laughs> starting today. Vegan world 2026. Uh, all right. Thank you, Gwenna. We love you. This love you too. So thank, much you. Fun. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.